And as you can see, Lionel, if we want to get into Plundar, we're going to have to go past these fortifications first. Now, I think the Thunder Tank should be able to handle it, but I'm going to need a distraction. Oh, I'll have no problem at all charging right in. I'm the strongest man in the universe. No, Lionel, listen, you're the Lord of the Thundercats. By you the not power of Grayskull, we'll take them down. We don't... I don't know what Grayskull it. Chitara, can you talk some sense into him? Mmm, I'll try. Hello, Tila. It's, it's Chitara, Lionel. We've been wondering if maybe you spent a little too much time in those cryopods. You've been speaking in tongues for quite a while now. I'm fine. When... I have the power. I, I don't know why he's posing like that. Uh, Snarf, can you, can you maybe come in here for a second? Snarf, I suppose so. Ah, Orko, let's get ready to team up and take down Skeletor. No, I'm not Orko. My name's Snarf. Cringer, come here. Let me ride you into battle. D get off! Wily Kit, would you, would you help me out here? He keeps on trying to ride me. I don't understand it. Okay, Lionel. It's Tigra. I just want you to sit down and tell me a little bit about yourself. I want to make sure that you're all with us. Oh, not a problem at all. You see, I am a ruler of my people, and I intend to defend our magical-slash-technological society from the forces of evil with my magic sword. I mean, he does have that. He does have that, right? Villain! I, I don't... What was that? Now, put away this tomfoolery. Let's go fight Skeletor! <sighs> That's fine. Like, I mean, it's close enough. <laughs> yeah. I do really like your idea of calling everyone Cringer, though. <laughs> just everyone is Cringer because they're all cats. <laughs> yeah, he goes into it, he, like, looks into a pool of, like, reflected water and says, Oh my god, have I been riding myself? <laughs> this is a crossover that could happen, though. Oh, it has! Zane, I went to the, the Thundercats web, like, the, the fan site, which has been defunct since 2012 after they, uh, the remake got, uh, after the remake got cancelled after one season, and, uh, apparently there's, like, corroborating comics of, uh, Thundercats versus He-Man. Yeah, yeah, and, and they accidentally phase into the same body and have multiple personalities? <laughs> oh, if it's only. the best. If only, Zane. <laughs> See, they should put you behind remakes, because you really know how to make the... You, you really know how to get the blood boiling. I, I have an infinite love of gimmicks. <laughs> That's true. You're there are no true. two ideas I can't combine to make worse. I mean, you, you do, like, resemble in certain ways some weird, like, P.T. Barnum ripoff. So, like, <laughs> it, it makes sense that you'd be as into gimmickry as you are. Every time I see you, I keep on thinking you're going to ask me if there's anything up your sleeve. <laughs> can, can you please tell me, is there anything up my sleeve? Can I offer you a drink? Where am I? <laughs> Just discombobulate them. Uh, all right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. My name is Ben. And my name is Ben. 
<laughs> my name is He-Man, villain. <laughs> and we are the Carton Cast. We review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. The Carton Cast, ho! Safari Joe does it again. Does it again. <laughs> he always does it. And the hits keep coming. I, I have Safari Joe does it again. Like, oh, loop. omnibus That's... open in YouTube right now. <laughs> oh, man, there's a, I didn't realize there was a supercut. It's just a supercut of the one episode that he's in, is, but, but the link is called Safari Joe Does It Again and, and Again and Again. Super good. Zane, did you watch the Safari Joe episode? Oh, of course. Try okay. to keep me away. <laughs> just, I was wondering. Zane, I, I, the site that I watched the, uh, the episodes from, I had to manually click through them because I didn't know what they were called, mm. and the links at the top of the screen have like, that thing where they show dash number dash title of the episode yeah. which makes it really hard to scroll through them and the 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 ui was really unfriendly so i had to manually click through 23 episodes to get to the safari joe episode and you get in and the first line <laughs> it's so good he's such a i love his like vaguely european dandy voice complete with a monocle and mustache like, yeah he's got like a robotnik mustache uh, the Adventures of Safari Joe is a classic that will last throughout the ages and be more and, and be beloved by more than just us, I'm sure. But, but mostly by us. Mostly us. I, I can't believe that people talking about Thundercats never talk about Safari Joe. But I think we got to add this to the long list of stuff that we think is funny, but really isn't. <laughs> um, well, yeah, but it, it actually is funny, though. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, I agree. Also, we were just talking about wrestler D&Ds with, like, weird personalities. Safari Joe seems like he should be a wrestler, yeah? Oh, yeah. I mean, Safari th- Joe does it again, kitty cat. <laughs> Safari Joe is going nowhere. <laughs> again. <laughs> we're having uh, a lot of mistaken identity these first few minutes. I don't know what it is about these, like, I mean, it's just the nature of these old 80s cartoons that y- you need to give them something because there's so little to work with. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of materials, but none of it's really that organized. And, and the Safari Joe story has been done many times. You know, it, <laughs> it turns out the most dangerous game is yes. cats. <laughs> and well, I like the twist that they had on it this episode where he's just like, He's so te- technologically overpowered. So Safari Joe is actually like a really good like um, mirror mirror version of what I think the Thundercats are, which we will get to later. Mm. But first, let's set it up. So uh, Thundercats, the the Thundercats. I believe it's pronounced with two silent thunder thunders at the beginning. Oh man, I should have just pretended to like do the production from the musical Cats. <laughs> I should have had that ready to go and just see how long it takes you to realize it's very incorrect. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, <laughs> Webber. Webber, villain. Uh, I can't not do that. <laughs> that syntax. That, I can't not do that phrasing. Uh, Thundercats ran from 1985 to 1989 and was produced by Rankin Bass and Pacific Animation Corporation. Uh, it had a reboot from 2011 to 2012 and has otherwise been merchandised to death. Yes. Uh, I, what was it? It was Rankin Bass and the other one. I don't remember what you called it, but uh, I know it as Leisure Concepts. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's another one, I think. Okay. So that's I, think a it's a subsidi- I think it's a subsidiary. 
In any case, they also worked on it, and they and the leisure concepts would later become for kids entertainment, bringing us stuff like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh to the U.S. And, for kids, uh, yeah, they 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 sort of have like this mark of being like very successful in in bringing like the really uh, marketable stuff here. Oh and yeah, indeed, like, Thundercats uh, was yeah Sonic X, sure, uh, Power Man. <laughs> Who the fuck is Power Man? Fighting Foodons. Fighting Foodons? Are you kidding me? Mucha Zane, why, did we ha- why haven't we done Fighting Foodons? Man, yet? I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, so this, of course, this is another 80s cartoon with kind of mass cultural appeal. If you talk to people these days, um, you know, people in the 30s, like, what was the TV show you grew up with? It's either He-Man or this. The same thing applies as whenever we do an 80s cartoon. It's like... This was designed to be marketable. This was in the height of market madness for the only reason TV, uh, like Saturday morning programming existed, was to sell toys uh, before it became kind of a marketability in its own right, a la Walt Disney and um, and DuckTales. Right, and specifically, this came in toward the tail end of the merchandising uh, era. And so they, it has a lot more polish than some of its predecessors without going, you know, full jump the shark mode that uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice is about. It, it definitely looks a bit better than He-Man. Like, not, not, the, not the models, but the actual animation looks less limited than He-Man. Animation and backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I, was, backgrounds I was very impressed by. Yeah. But in terms of the actual plot and characterization and flow, it's still, it's cleaving pretty close to the mold. It, it's not really making any waves, which is especially pertinent given the plot of Thundercats and the Masters of the Universe. Um, <laughs> you said that as if it was one show. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's what I meant it as. Well, why don't, why don't you tell us the plot of Thundercats and the Masters of the Universe? Sure. It is Superman, but a whole family and their cats. <laughs> also, everyone else is an animal or a robot. <laughs> and, yeah, and they land. So they're warriors from Thundera. A royal yes. family, and they're trying to keep the bloodline alive on their new home of Third Earth, which is just Earth, but it's in no Earth. way resembles Earth. I like that they call it Third Earth, like because if it is Earth, there's no reason that they would call it. There's no reason that they wouldn't call it Third Earth. Like sure. assuming Earth means like rock or ground or whatever. Oh yeah, we got a ton of stars and planets up there that are just you know codenamed with you know serial numbers more or less. Hmm. Like, we're going to stop calling them that once we land there? BK-201. EK-201 with you, brother. That's that's uh, that's uh the code name of the particular guy, in of the prota- main protagonist in Darker Than Black, who all have serial numbers based on star code names, because when they die, the stars fall out of the sky. What the hell is this show you keep telling me about? <laughs> I'm not even going to bother trying to explain it right now. Um, but yes, this is... You know, I, I said the plot, it's done. Like, there's, there's just not that much more to it. I guess when they get to Third Earth, it is inhabited by a bunch of, you know, relatively simple civilizations, mm-hmm. proto-civilizations, and one mummy. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a mummy sorcerer lich and a bunch of other, like, people from the galaxy who just really want to kill the Thundercats for some reason. Them. I actually have a very good conception of why that is, but I'll wait for a while. Oh, excellent. Or I could tell you now. What do you, what do you think? Dangle it like a ball of yarn. You got... 
<laughs> no, Zane, it's over there. Ah, uh, it's, it's suddenly, suddenly turned away. It's a laser pointer. Ben, do you have a, a a special laser pointer? Is it a normal one? What does that mean? Like my laser pointer is a. It shark doesn't give with... off the Thundercats logo, if that's what you're asking. Mine's a, a shark with a laser beam on its head. Oh, that's pretty strong. And uh, we use it for group meetings until would... the professor until the professor got a lightsaber and insisted we use that instead. That makes sense. I would love for uh, I would love to have a um, Eye of Thundera laser pointer. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, that'd be kind of swag. Like, I, I mean, I couldn't use it. I'm ever. surprised with all of the, you know, merchandising the show did. I don't see more swords like the the like the Eye of Thundera. I see the logo everywhere. And that's kind of it. What's the world coming to when a bunch of six year olds can't buy swords in Walmart? I agree. Fully functional, you know, get a leather strap for sharpening. Well, it has to be able to extend as well. Oh, sure. Because, so. you know, when they're young, they can't lift it that much, so it grows with them. <laughs> it's more of an the, investment. The, the weight's not going to change if it's, like, extendable. Yeah, but it's closer to the fulcrum. You should know this. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a torque issue. Yeah. Kids aren't going to understand that. They're not going to just try to lift it from the bottom. Kids, kids don't understand torquing. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, as time goes on, the they, they understand torquing younger and younger, wouldn't you say? Uh, I would also like to point out that the way that Lino extends the sword, like, bit by bit, is kind of phallic. It it also seems like he's just, like, trying to get, like, rotational inertia to do it for him. Like, he's trying to, like, get the last bit of ketchup out of a bottle. Oh, oh, like, like the muscles in his arms are really imprecise, and he's just, like, flinging it around yeah. trying to... <laughs> it doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. No, it's, it's several directions. He's poking out the eyes of everyone. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Zane, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the plot uh only that a lot of their people were slaughtered by the space pirates of plundar according to lionos friends and family yes oh <laughs> <laughs> i i think you're burying the lead a little bit <laughs> yeah we'll dig it up when we get dangle to those threads maestro <laughs> Maestro is Latin for dangler, right? Yeah, no, maestro is, our, is the proper terminology for ventriloquist, yes. <laughs> puppet maestro? Or a puppeteer, yeah. Ventriloquist is something else. Puppet um, wizard? Anyway, to, to get back to the actual show, Thundercats, um, it excels in a certain number of ways. At least in the first season, it has a very good sense of continuity. And considering this is kind of a build a civilization from the ground up kind of story, mm -hmm. that is very um that 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 is very good for getting you invested in the plot. Yeah, there's a general sense of growth, but it's also you know, it's pretty easy to jump into an episode in the second season. It's like, oh, they found a couple more Thundercats. Fine. Yeah. Um, also good for growth is the fact that the subplot is that they are trying to teach Lion-O to accept the burden, uh, the mantle of the Lord of the Thundercats to yeah. lead them into whatever. This was an interesting point that I wasn't aware of going into it. Um, we, we should explain who lion is. Oh, yes. Um, so lion is the protagonist, the Lord of the Thundercats, who wields the Eye of Thundera. Uh, which grants sight beyond sight. One of those terms that seems cool. Um, it's just X-ray vision. It, it's kind of anything vision. It, yeah, it's 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 omnivision, and it's not the Eye of Thundera that does that. It's the Sword of Omens, as far as I could tell. What is the difference? Mm, nothing. <laughs> is this is the eye just the hilt part of it? 
It's a gem that goes into into the hilt part of it. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, somebody who wasn't somebody wasn't digging for lore, my friend. Well, what I didn't realize was that Lino is a lot younger than the rest of them. He's about the same age as the like Wily Kit, Wily Cat. Yeah. But so he's his, like very immature. Yeah, they went into suspended animation, and his pod didn't work. So now he's like an adult, but he's a kid in an adult's body. Oh, he's the only one who went into suspended animation, Zane. Oh, Ben. <laughs> ben, I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> Um, but this explains why the leader and the sort of most powerful among them, um, why he's so headstrong and careless, because he didn't actually go through maturity. He's just, you know, a kid that got into the growth formula. Yeah, they, they take pains to explain that while he grew physically, he did not grow up. And so a lot of the first season, at least, and I think beyond that, is all about his uh, kind of his close confidants explaining to him the ways to rule and the ways to be yeah um this is how you be the hero this is how you be the hero this is how you be the head of our civilization of our absurd monarchy in space magic you know it's weird that they didn't go further into that i was kind of wondering what exactly the deal was with uh what what they were working toward because there is this kind of limpness to the to the plot where it doesn't seem like they're trying to get anywhere no they're just trying to survive train which can be cool but they have a standard hero growth formula to it that really makes it seem like they're they're trying to get to an end point right they reminded me a lot of the way in teen titans they would just hang out at the tower and respond to emergencies yeah, it's very passive. But it's different because they have to, like, propagate the bloodline or whatever. Like, they're not building anything. They're just responding to emergencies. It does seem that way. Like, it, it seems like it would be a better motivated story if uh, if we had some way to measure our progress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of those um, charity bars. Charity bar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the thermometers where the, where the mercury goes up as you get yeah. closer and then... The mercury explodes from a thermometer, and you need to start a new charity. Yeah, <laughs> ten, uh, yeah, ten out of ten uh, backwards living uh, backwater people saved from their own ignorance. Great. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> they they do seem to get into a lot of trouble. The the locals. So the weird thing is, like, okay. Oh, we still, they, I saw an episode where they spent like four minutes wandering, like. You could see each decision being made where they wander into a crypt and accidentally unleash an ultimate evil. But it's like, uh, hey, you want to go in this cave? Yeah. Oh, what's that? I don't know. Push it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they don't don't think things through ahead of time. And they do seem to operate from like kind of a superior, like elitist mentality where they're going to this planet that has thinking living beings and cultures already established. And they just run around going like, all of this is wrong. We're going to tell you how to do it right. Like it's, it's very like Catman's Burden. Yeah. And or Manifest all, Destiny. It's kind of, um, it's a predator-prey relationship because they're all cats, like, like, and not just like house cats, they're, you know, panthers and tigers. And the people already on Third Earth are like sheep people. I wish there was like a word for that. Yeah. Like some sort of, you know, amalgamation of the two words, a portmanteau, if you were. Oh, peeps. If, yeah, <laughs> little peeps. <laughs> <laughs> little peeps just run around like chickens with their head cut off. Pushing, but yeah, they pushing are like, crypts open and releasing the ghost warrior. It it seems as though everything when they interact with is like supremely dumb and like 
personality-less. Yeah, which kind of makes sense yeah. if they're on a planet of, of primitives. Yeah, except for Mumra, who is problematic in, in, that, in that cosmology. What's the deal with Mumra? I don't know. What's He's the deal with Mumra? Fucking not Skeletor. <laughs> um, so shall we talk about the characters? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lionel was voiced by Larry Kenny. Who yeah, there's a lot got... of there's a lot of double duty on the voice actors here. Yes, but I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna cite the main characters that have the voices. Sure. And um, from what I saw, he keeps his childish innocence and upbeatness, which is actually probably good for a group of this size. But I don't think it would make a good leader for an army. You know, like he of a kingdom. No, I I like him though. I like his character and how he takes command. But you know it's clear like he still values everyone's um you know input because mm-hmm. because he's he's ruler through bloodlines yeah i i like him as well his uh his energy is, is kind of um con- convective what am i thinking of oh contagious conducive. contagious infectious either way conducive <laughs> convection oven <laughs> um yeah i like him i like him a good deal the idea that he's Lord of the Thundercats, like, I really wish that, like, all all the personal You wanted to see an election episode every once in a while? I wanted a little bit more about him having kingly responsibility that wasn't directly tied to his bravery. Or, like, beating things up. Yeah, like, he's strong and he's brave and, like, he I does... don't know what else. So he, saw, he does sometimes get messages from his father, uh, Jaga, who is a ghost. Was that his father? I believe so, because he was the king, right? Oh, okay, maybe. And so he trains, <laughs> I honestly don't know. He trains Lionel to be the hero he needs to be, but you're right, it does usually just come in terms of, like, be brave or, like, rely on your friends. Yeah, it, and, you know, like, it's fine. Like, who who is our audience? Like, that makes sense. Um, but looking back on it now, it's um, it, the, the idea that he is the, the ruler of this civilization is kind of, I mean... It's poorly motivated, but it's also like an, a monarchy, right? So, like, they don't really need better motivation. <laughs> I just, since they're taking the time to make him a good ruler, I wouldn't have minded them, like, supplementing it with, like, book learning or, like, the ability to make wise political decisions amongst your enemies or, you know, like, things yeah, like that. Like, you wanted to see this series condensed into, like, part of a training season, and then the next season he has to, like, go deal with stuff. He does have like a uh, a, a it's battle. It's pretty monotonous. He does have like a battle of um, he he has like a test of sorts amongst each of each of the other Thundercats. Like oh yeah. He has to pass them, like surpass them in their own chosen activity in order to like assume the mantle of Lord of the Thundercats. It's like a five parter episode. What kind of plan is that for your blood? Like, okay, you're gonna be king. We're gonna tell you that from birth. And then if you don't beat people who are the best at what they do at the thing they're best at, then you're not? Well, he's not supposed to be a king, Zane. He, they're, they're making him into a warlord. <laughs> okay, I, th- I think you got to develop this now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me go down in my, in my list. We were gonna, I was going to try to get through all the characters, but I just can't. So here's the thing. Uh, why are they so bent on freeing the slaves here and fighting Mumra, who up to this point wasn't doing anything? Oh, well, he's evil, Ben. Yeah, but he was also doing nothing. 
they're going out of their way to a planet in which there are these like good versus evil battles. Okay, he's a mummy wizard. Look at the bones. But he wasn't. But he wasn't doing anything until Lionel showed up. Is it possible that the Thundercats are keeping Lionel in the dark, purposefully choosing an obviously needy world in order to turn Lionel into a messianic warlord without conception of larger political impact? Okay, they're, they're training him to fight they're training him to rule they're not training him to think about the implications of his actions he's the puppet king he's the puppet king panthro tigra chitara they're all in on this name and they cracked his suspension pod so that he like they had to train someone with no they made him reliant on them and they, they, they did it in such a way that he couldn't critically think for himself. They had to get it done early. You know, like the, the idea of crafting a child soldier, you, you indoctrinate them into your ideology early so that they mm-hmm. don't have a chance to think otherwise. Why are they fighting the mutants, Zane? The Thundercats fucked them up first. These and are they... a renegade group. I don't even think Thundera exploded. And, I think it's fine. <laughs> and they forced him to, like, bypass his rebellious years. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Zane, yeah, Thund- Thunder is still there. They, the Third Earth mm-hmm. is, like, like an island that they visit <laughs> to train him, <laughs> bring him back. Like, oh, my God, Lionel, a miracle restored Thundera, but, oh, it's ruled by these evil people. You need to <laughs> yeah. lead us back to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Also, check this out. What the fuck I is have the... to defeat Skeletor. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the brainwashing worked great. <laughs> it, it does seem like that to me. That's why, uh, that's why Snarf is always ignored. He's like the last holdover of someone who's actually trying to tell Lionel the truth, but all he can do is try to protect him from, like, obvious threats on his life. He has oh, no Oh, like in the Truman of... Show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like Lionel's wife. <laughs> it's Wait. all meaningless. It's all meaningless, Lionel. <laughs> Hey, hey, what's going on here? Hey, you want oh, a candy cane? <laughs> time, to, time to boat out into a storm for hours. <laughs> Whoops, Safari Joe did it again. <laughs> I don't even remember, like, why he decided to drive a boat for, like, just as far as he could in one direction. Oh, because his life was movie. meaningless, Ben. Oh, he was committing suicide, of course. <laughs> By boat. Boat suicide is the most metal suicide, it is true. <laughs> I don't think that that's something It's got that's... that ghost pirate ship vibe I don't think that's on. true or something good to, like, go on record. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the charts. So, I wanted to also inject this one other thing into it, Zane. Sure. What about... Uh, you've, you've got me all riled up about this. <laughs> what about the Eye of Thundera? Oh, you think that's like some prop sword that they got in the cereal box? <laughs> it doesn't do anything, Zane. <laughs> it's like it's all hypnotic suggestions like, oh, now you see this. Yeah, it's just delusions of his own mind. It's a it's, kaleidoscope. It, it's just... It's, it's oh, no, <laughs> Mumra split himself into six. It was created to make Lionel believe in a false religion and mystical element, because that's how yeah. you sell kids on this stuff. Oh. Why else would it be the only magic item they have, Zane? Everything else is um, is everything else is a tank. <laughs> they need tanks for the child soldier. <laughs> ben, this is this is gold. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> I just came I up don't with know like how we're gonna discuss back. the rest of the show now. Not keeping <laughs> that in, in the back. Um, was this That's like? Fine. Was this something that could have happened in the new in the new like a reboot? I didn't watch it, but it looked more animish, like a. 
Like something that could have been grittier. I it it wasn't any grittier from my recollection. It was a little bit more textured. Like the the world made a little bit more sense, and the you know populations that Lionel was trying to you know save from their captivity was uh they were a little bit more fleshed out and personalized. But yeah. beyond that, not really. The animation reminded me of like Avatar: The Last Airbender. It looks good. Like I remember enjoying what I watched of it. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to check out any of the uh, any of that of the of the reboot? No, no, I've been distracted by other shows. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't feel the need to watch too much of this one. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest; like, I like it more than He Man, but not by much. That's weird. I like it less than He Man, but you like it more than me. I think more than more than you do. Yeah. What the which Thundercats? Yeah. Hmm. Probably. I don't uh, know. Like, like, I have an appreciation for these like really limited animation. Like, I can, I just. I think I'm just better at like pulling out something from nothing for the from these old shows. Oh, you and definitely you, are. You're and better you're, at approaching you respond them. a little bit better to you know spectacle. So yeah, you're better at approaching them as if they were new, and giving <laughs> them that benefit of the doubt. I, I don't know. I find the pacing of it infuriating. I uh, yeah, it didn't bother me that much. But uh, let, let's let's keep going through the through the characters and let's. Keep that in mind, because I'm interested in what you found the so The characters are the other issue, because the Thundercats, on the whole, are generic, overdramatic heroes. They are uniform in, in their, you know, composition. Like, Lionel, Chitara, and Panthro are ostensibly the same character. And they're not bad, it's just there's... It's just them again and again. Well, I like them a whole hell of a lot more than He-Man's posse. Because they have names? what you don't you didn't like man at arms <laughs> it's not a name it's not about whether i like him or not <laughs> leonard i can tell this boy is gonna be a man at arms when he grows up now don't you fight me on this <laughs> <laughs> they came from tennessee you understand <laughs> no no i got the context oh uh, you can name the next one fisto <laughs> fisto what? Why? Man's name, Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, what did I, you think about the Thundercats? What, on the whole, or...? Any individual Thundercat or them collectively. I, I, I think I like them better than He-Man's group. Like, I like the Entourage better than low He-Man's. Low bar. What? That's a low bar. It is a low bar. I don't know. I think they're all good supporting characters. Like, they're not necessarily with distinct personalities. Like, Chitara, Tiger, and Panther are all mostly the same dude. But they're more capable of carrying dialogue and plot. And That I, is uh, true. And I didn't mind that they weren't all that different. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they kept things moving. The, they're guess. also, like, more important in Lionel's life than Man-at-Arms and Tila and all those people were in This is much more life. of a team effort, yeah. Well, that and the whole, like, we have to mature Lionel subplot requires that you have some advisory roles, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Man-at-Arms are just, like, all he's doing is t- telling exactly where He-Man should punch. <laughs> pew, pew! <laughs> That's pretty much it. So I like it better. Um... I hope that you agree with me that Snarf is awful. Okay, okay. Snarf is really pretty rough. <laughs> like, and like then on the second season they have Snarf Junior, who's yeah. even worse. So here, here's something that's interesting. Snarf is like a race. It's not his name. Did yeah. You, did you dive into this at all? <laughs> so imagine if any Pokemon just said Pokemon. <laughs> no, no, no. no it's, it's so much better. They were created by Mumra. What? 
<laughs> yeah, I think as like little dragon servants. This is oh, and he's like working the Thundercats from the agent. inside because yeah. Mumra is the hero of the people. <laughs> That's right. He's a sleeper agent for Mumra. <laughs> uh, I, I I agree that I, I don't really like Snarf and Wily Kit and Wily Cat are <sighs> variable. Like sometimes they're fine, and yeah. they're a good way to get the plot going without Lionel being a dumb. So oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's fine. And having them as mediator helps legitimize Smarf, Snarf, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. not an elite fighting force. They're the last of their race. So you have Wily Kit and Wily Cat who are just kind of there. They're survivors. And they aren't prioritized on the ship for their usefulness. They're the only ones that are there. Mm-hmm. So it makes Snarf make sense, even though no one likes him. <laughs> And he fulfills his role better than I thought he would, but I, I am trained to hate this guy. Yeah, I mean, like, his voice doesn't do him any favors. I, I like his role. He's kind of like protective den mother with, like, a cowardice streak. Like, he's probably the most personalized character of the bunch, to be honest. And he's snarky, which is not bad. It's not terrible. Um, I don't think he's great, and I don't really like listening to him, but his place makes sense. Like, but Orko much... didn't really make sense. How much better would it have been if... um. Instead of Snarf, it was Garfield. <laughs> and, I mean, it does. <laughs> it, it fits. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to argue this point. <laughs> I, if you think about this how is, much, we, how long dark, we live, this, is, this is not a battle. That I, 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 fight. I can't fight this. <laughs> All I'm saying is that Snarf's place in the cosmology makes sense because they're not an elite fighting force trying to protect their castle. They are the survival survivors of a race, and it especially makes sense when you consider that he's a sleeper agent. <laughs> I don't know how much of this is actually true. None I, of it, but I, I like it. Well, the the fact that they were created by Mumra, I'm pretty sure is correct. Okay. Um, I think that's why? it for the main characters. Why? Is there a reason know. why he made them? Let me check. I'm gonna do on my <laughs> research. M- Mumrapedia. Uh, let's see, let's go to Rattaro? What the f- Snarf. Gathers pieces of the sword. Oh my gosh. I can't believe, <laughs> what I'm, can't believe what's happening right now. Snarf. The Snarfs. Okay. <laughs> the Snarfs. They're native to Thundera, living in the Valley of Snarfs. Not better. And many of their number act as servants to Thunderian nobility. Okay, so he's kind of like a, like a, like a hand It's a whole race of sleeper agents. <laughs> Snarf are the only, snarfs are the only creatures in the universe incapable of evil, making them <laughs> great cover. I don't. Know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good cover. <laughs> I have to figure out where did I see it that they were sleeper agents, or, I or you that came they up were, with that. No, they were. I, I'm pretty sure they were created by Mumra. I just wish I could remember where I saw it. Okay, I'm googling Mumra makes snarf. Yeah. How Snarf Raw invalidated every Thundercats episode ever? <laughs> Hang on. How much validity does this have, anyway? Um, only Lionel and Snarf are at the Cat's Lair headquarters, meaning Snarf now makes up 50% of the episode's Thundercats. Uh, Did I just make this up entirely? Lionel makes Snarf go outside to collect candy fruit. <laughs> Mumra sends his bulldog Mamut. Um, it's a bulldog that can fly. All right. 
I may have made it up entirely. I think I saw that he got captured by Mumra, and for some reason that I thought he was like he was created by Mumra. Eh, whatever. Snarfer. Okay, okay, no, they did work for they did work for Mumra when he Mumra recreated Thundera. He captured the Snarfs and brought them back to their home planet, putting them to work searching for the treasure of Thundera, which is presumably different than the Eye of Thundera. Back in the cat's lair, Mumra reveals his cunning plan to break all the Thundercat's shit. Just <laughs> knocking things over. He seems super satisfied. <laughs> Zane, we should definitely do a episode or two on like just us trying to exp- understand like a convoluted 80s cartoon from like message boards oh like one we've never seen like reverse engineering the cartoon yeah how will lionel get out of this one (laughs) all right all right let's let's get back to it Zade. so okay maybe i was entirely wrong about snarf and his place in the world but i'm gonna go ahead and say he's a sleeper agent for mumra i i support this 100 (laughs) percent it's nice having you on my side uh, let's talk about Mumra, though. Uh, Sorcerer Lich. He's kind of lame, isn't he? He's just kind of dopey evil. Like, he's visually striking, but he's just not very subtle. Like, in the None first time that are. I saw him, he tried to just wrestle Lion-O. The, the strength of the villains in this show is that there's a new one every week, and Mumra kills that. I don't think that's that much of a strength. I think that the villains are uniformly, well... Almost uniformly. Really terrible. But I, like, I saw a couple good ones. Like, Skeletor and Morgana are way better than Mumra as far as, like, chief villain goes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you, you want your villain to be, like, crafty. You don't want your villain to just be strong dude. Um, yeah, I, I, especially I would, in I this agree era, that, in where, general. like, especially in this era where strength meant justice, meant, meant uh, good guy. Like, just having your villain be a strong dude is, is kind of rough. And that seems like the only way Mumra was ever harrying them. Uh, like, he might have also fought them with magic, but he didn't really, he wasn't really much of a planner, was he? I, I'll be honest, I didn't pay much attention to Mumra. He, he, I just, I just find him really strange in this. Also, his name is Mumra. Yeah, that's pretty not great. What is that? Like, what is that? that I don't know. Like... Uh, do, do if we call him a mummy, are they gonna get the Egypt thing? Are they gonna understand? <laughs> are they? What if we double down on Egypt? <laughs> also, why, why is he, he Egyptian? <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone knows that Egypt is the same thing as like catacombs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a this is an Exodus metaphor. It's fine. <laughs> Brendan uh, Fraser's gonna show up. He uses a bunch of uh, dumb mutants as his lieutenants just because they're close by but not because he wants them like yeah he's mutants mutants are the evil foot soldiers of this series in the way that putties were the evil forces of skeletor (laughs) i mean pretty much they're just did you how did you like the how did you like the mutants and their terrible names they had bad names and at least they were varied you know like different kinds of animal people yeah, I want to see how the mutants were created. Like that—that that implies a Genesis story. Yeah, there's there's no humans in this show. They're all human animal hybrids, which mm. makes you wonder why the cats are just in charge. Except for Safari Joe's the only human. <laughs> there are a few other humans. He and they keeps look getting awful. better. They all look <laughs> terrible. 
But Zane, the mutants were created by a botched experiment by Thundarian scientists in an effort to keep the masses coddled, and it just, it went too far, and suddenly they have a war breaking out, and then, you know, okay, a peace treaty signed, but the people who created them, it's just like, Jaga's like, ah, I gotta take a select band of a few people, some renegades, in order to make things right again, the way they used to be, because old codgers are kind of like that, you know, like a make Thundera great again, it was never great, it was just great for you. Has science gone too far? <laughs> you know. You know, all I'm saying is polio. When, when you're allowed to say that paragraph <laughs> to everyone who cares to listen. When you're allowed to say that paragraph. Like, you might be a villain. <laughs> uh, I'll be real. I faded out of most of what you said. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's like leftover paragraphs to the same idea that, that I've been talking about the whole time. Yeah, copy, paste, find, replace verbs, new episode. I mean, Mumra makes a lot more sense when you consider him just like a seer who's trying to defend his homeland from an alien invasion, which is what the Thundercats are. They are an alien invasion. Let's not they forget are, that. They are refugees. They're an alien. They're alien invaders. Well, they're I guess they are aliens. They're I guess they're refugees, but they're they're I don't know. They're, they're tooling <laughs> around in their thunder tank, writing wrongs across the wilderness. Like there's a cowboy mentality there. There's there's absolutely a cowboy <laughs> allegory there. Yeehaw. So Zane, if I maybe be so bold, who's your favorite villain? <laughs> well, <laughs> come on. Actually, I got to tell you about this great character in this great episode and it leads into why i didn't like the show overall okay so i would say you know maybe half of the plots were engaging but it's slow to get through so one time they have to fight a ghost is groon the ghost warrior or something i hate these um, villains Zane. no it, so it ramps up through the episode so at first he's poltergeisting them mm. um he's he's attacking their stronghold he's making out with them He's uh, that's ghost. Oh, you're right. <laughs> or Beetlejuice. I beg your pardon. One of those. Um, so Lino uses the sort of we don't need to, to get some, all Swayze to get some info on him. It doesn't work. Chitara apparently has psychic powers, and finds out that the ghost guy is a former Thundercat who turned on Jaga when they were alive, and so Lionel summons Jaga to have a ghost battle. No, no, it gets even better. Jaga gets disarmed, so Lionel throws him the Sword of Omens, and when he still can't win, Lionel demands that he is the Lord of the Thundercats, and Jaga must take his strength if he decrees it. I feel like and I read this. <laughs> the music kicks in, and it's great. It is a great episode, but be between every awesome part, there's like three minutes of standing around and restating the premise, and it just kills the show. I never saw any episodes that were all that, like dramatically paced like even during the battle they just cut back to the thundercats shouting without a hint of humanity in their voices was yeah. there ever a battle such as this <laughs> <laughs> i just hope Lionel survives it man what if after that battle jaga's like okay now i have the power to you know i, I have, I the, have power. the power to defeat the grim reaper i'm gonna take control of the thundercats again Lionel, you've been <laughs> demoted demoted <laughs> you're you're now part of my ghost pirate crew <laughs> we will ransack the cosmos but yeah this starting is... with all egyptian temples on all planets <laughs> <laughs> i 
<laughs> Why are they on Earth? They spend most of their time in a jungle. It could no. be anywhere. No, it's great. <laughs> but yeah, my big issue with this show is the action's cool. The plot and characters are fine. A summary is excellent. It just takes too long to get anywhere. So it's just it's just the pacing is, is all it, your error. It destroys it. It it ruins it. I don't know when to pay attention. Yeah, I. Well, let's let's take a. Hmm. I don't know. I. It's interesting to hear you say that because my understanding, like, I didn't watch any episodes where the pacing was all that spiky. Like, it was just kind of. It was sort of like a mellow chase or like prolonged struggle for the whole time it wasn't really all leading up to a climactic battle stuff it was just kind of like this sustained we have oh, to get I to this cool thing remember the safari joe episode there's these cool battle sequences where he's capturing them and then lino turns the tables but then there's his robot train butler telling him their weaknesses <laughs> i loved i loved the robot train <laughs> that didn't bother me at all like i, I don't know maybe like this is just it, it might just be a uh, it just might just be a case of, of subjectivity. I think so. Like I don't think it's paced gr- great. I might just have like a higher threshold for like slogging and, through the boring bits. And I'm not even sure that I mind. <laughs> Why did you like the train butler? <laughs> <laughs> like that's I feel like that's a failing on your part. I, I like any like noun followed by butler where I wasn't expecting the first noun. <laughs> Like clown butler and wizards? Clown butler, mime butler, dragon butler. These are all great choices. <laughs> butler is one of those un- inherently funny words. <laughs> yeah. Combined with a inherently like terrible job title to actually hold. Um, it's got butt right in the title. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Where does that word come from? They don't, they, do you think they have conventions? They go buttling? Wait, wait, wait. I'm Third annual buttling convention? Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to look up butler convention. <laughs> Okay, somebody has looked it up before. What does that mean? The Butler Convention. 15 million results. 1884? Ooh. Oh, it's probably a dude named Butler. No. Yeah, Pierce Butler. This is spicy. It's not. Hang on. The Butler Convention. The Butler Democratic Nominating Convention reconvened at Benet Brith Hall on Eddy Street last night. Chairman Harrison presiding. Ben, there's a five-year-old YouTube video called The Butler Convention. Here's the description. Five butlers get together to discuss the problem of being automatic suspects whenever their masters die. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> it's 26 minutes long. That's amazing. Jimmy Kudo would have a few choice words for that. It's never the butler who did it. <laughs> it's too obvious. <laughs> yeah. It's the other butler. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, all right, we're getting pretty off topic. Let's try to. Let's oh, try to get back, I intended to go off track. topic in this one. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have that much to that much to say. So I got so glazed over watching this that I spent way more attention than I normally do looking at like animation and audio stuff. So I'm pretty much tapped until then. Okay, well let me let me go through a little bit more tone stuff. Um, we have more '80s science magic. Here I like it. Like I didn't like it in He-Man because it was just really jumbled together like the ratio was off the ratio was off and it also didn't make any sense like how how did they have both magic and science at the same time didn't make any sense cosmologically but this works because they have a couple of like 
powerful artifacts, but otherwise rely on tech. And they're aliens capable of space travel, so of course they're more technologically advanced. Like, just mm-hmm. the... Just the plot being built up like this requires that they have a tech component. And then you have this one magical centerpiece. Yeah. So I like that a lot better. And it's uh, as opposed to He-Man, where everything else was strictly magic until suddenly it wasn't. Um, there, there's also an element of World of Warcraft racism in this that's more interesting than insulting. Okay. So, so like... <laughs> I think I t- said a while back that I like racism in fantasy settings <laughs> because it's, like, far enough removed that I can, like, approach it as an outsider, whereas, like... It's so oh, here's, being... an interest, here's an interesting automatic source of conflict that can be subverted, you know, in fun ways. Yeah, and one that I don't feel uncomfortable commenting upon. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes they're allegories and you still have to kind of thread that needle, but... But here know. it's clearly not. No, no, it's so it's so obvious who's <laughs> right and who's wrong. The 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 fact that the mutants hate the Thundercats more makes me want to know uh, what their history is. Like these are a people with like a history and culture. Like we're only seeing their their scouts, their warlords, but their story here, which is like they they didn't really need. Like it could have just been Mumra's evil forces, but no, they've been hounded by mutants from you know, galaxies away who are hellbent on destroying the Thundercats. Like, there's there's okay. more here than just Skeletor wants my job. <laughs> I don't think that's what was happening. <laughs> I don't know. No, he wanted his house. It's just, it's more involved ecology than, than 80s cartoons have taught me they can have. It is. Um, but like you say, Mumra's not really doing anything until the Thundercats show up. Ruining the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, the damn kids. <laughs> Training at all hours of the night. Thunder raccoons always rooting through my garbage. <laughs> Leaving their snarfs everywhere. They're stealing my robot bear slaves. <laughs> I gotta call the city Safari Joe. <laughs> what is that, like animal control? Yeah, he's the comptroller. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, I appreciated the world building he, better here than in He-Man. Like, I like the He-Man characters better. Like, the, the pinnacles of characters. Like, He-Man better than Lionel. Skeletor better than Mumra. But Thundercats has a better story. Yeah, there's, it has a better there's heart to it. There, there's some craft to it, and it is internally consistent. And it makes you care about the characters. Because, like, I believe He-Man, like, lived in a kingdom, and there were... There were other people, but they didn't go out of their way to make you care about them. Here, it's just the small group, and they all get airtime. So if something bad happens, you're automatically more invested than this sort of ephemeral, like, he's going to take over the kingdom. Yeah, like every time Snarf got thrown a bone, like, I didn't like Snarf much, but when he was acknowledged, like, I felt really good for him. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good job, Snarf. Way to work with what you have. Trip trip the enemy. They'll never see it coming again. Kick a bucket at his face. (laughs) fucking safari joe i do love how that's foreshadowed like they're talking about capturing all the thundercats and snarf is just entirely ignored because of course he is and then it's just yeah. like ah comeuppance you can tell the episodes where he's going to be useful because it's the episode he show where everyone says he's going to be useless <laughs> um so uh there was one other thing that i wanted to talk about uh which mm-hmm. is that uh, it's not as sanctimonious as other 80s shows that i've that I've kind of paid attention to. Like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't the have PSAs. PSAs at the end There's are, no PSA. Well, they kind of, they, they do a, it's subtle. 
it's during the show though like i mean it's still grading on a curve they have their moments but they Mm -hmm. it's not explicitly just for that like they integrate it better the action is way better yeah i I mean i was a big fan of any action scene so let's talk about the animation they're like they're like pole vaulting around and like break dancing i don't know i didn't pay a lot of attention the best part of the show like i think it's absolutely the character animation is the best part of the show so this is uh, i thought that the character models had a lot of comic book dna i uh, love their costumes in the way that they're drawn and the pace at which the shots change i think it kind of works as a comic book where the action scenes are animated and everything else is kind of standstill i think that's more or less what they did that that aesthetic really works like I love that I love that like all the costumes are themed but distinct because they're all different kind of cats so it all sort of works it gives it kind of like this this bunch of misfits Xavier's students sort of vibe to it uh huh yeah like with with I mean it's weird to call them uniforms because they're not uh, uniform but but, but it, yeah, it fits for each different character like Lionel has that over the shoulder barbarian thing going on mm-hmm. and Chitara's got that full body cat suit and Panthro's got metal spikes in his harness. Why do all of the cats have vitiligo in different spots? Is it because they're cats? Is it like a is it like a calico thing? Yes, it's a calico thing. No, don't tell me you didn't notice that there's like four different color palettes for their skins at different parts of their body. Is it's a calico thing a '90s cart like a like a like, like a commercial from the '90s? What's that? It's a calico thing. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, it's all it's all a soup. <laughs> Go get some gack. Oh jeez, I, I, I like their I like their costumes a lot. I, I feel like they look very appropriate, even though Lionel has like this weird like ab window. <laughs> I I'm fine with his ab window, although I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I hate Lionel's face. What's wrong with it? It's just so ugly. They they look a little Picasso esque at the in the first few episodes. I feel like they don't look that bad afterwards though. Like the eyes definitely aren't in the right spot on the head. <laughs> Well, there's like there's too much and too little forehead. I don't know how to describe. I didn't it. even bother looking at like their like seeing if they had whiskers or anything. I'm gonna look that up real quick. Yeah, because it the makes bodies, sense that they would, but I don't remember seeing any. The bodies held a lot of focus. Like the stances drew attention to their forms rather than their faces or or anything else like that. Also, I love anything where their weapons like grow and extend oh yeah he's got he's got a bit of he's got some rectangle face going on i've 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 told you before about the show uh ruby um which i decided to rewatch the first season of instead of watching more episodes of this Oof, and that mistake. also has it also has this thing i love where weapons like extend and become different weapons yeah they do that a lot actually like uh, i think it's i think that's an awesome touch panthro's got like those claw hands at the end of the uh, length of chain to make like um what are, what are what are they called oh like a grappling hook no 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 no, no. it's like uh the wah, wah, like maxi from soul caliber or whatever that that weapon is uh-huh and then um chitara's staff extends and tiger's got that he's got that you know, whip He's got, he's got that, that ribbon dance thing. He's got that ribbon dance thing going on. He's gonna he's gonna take home the silver at least. Twirl it around himself, become invisible. Yeah, and he can and, only swim while he's invisible. So stupid. And, and and obviously that means that he can only swim while he can't move his arms and legs. So it just means like he treats it like quicksand. He just like does himself more harm than good. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in addition. 
in addition to the models, I really liked the backgrounds, as we mentioned. They, like, um, if you ever see a dungeon or a cave, it shows a lot of wear and shading. Hmm, I didn't notice that. Like, I, like I, lighting I, effects? A lot of li- good lighting effects in caves, which I feel like there's a lot of, like, uh, caves per capita is pretty high on Third Earth. Like, they're always caves in Caves per capita. What? <laughs> caves per capita, my favorite graph. <laughs> like, there's, like, there's a lot of them. Like, they're always going into caves. Trying to think of a joke for caves for capita. It's not coming. I think it's kind of its own joke. I think the joke is just me talking. (laughs) We should get more of that. (laughs) I'm doing as much as I can. It's just going to be, like, just riffing on myself if it's any more than the same. Yeah, I, I actually... I liked it when they were in, any, in like, a room or a cave or some enclosed space. It, it, um, it, it gave me a better idea of where they are because they move very tactically. Yeah, and they, when they're out in an open field, it's harder to follow. Yeah, they even, like, crouch a little bit if it's, like, claustrophobic spaces. Like, it, the character animation is very deliberate. Jumping, twirling. And the actual fight scenes, there's some pretty complex choreography going on. Yeah. Especially considering the time period. Mm-hmm. And it's like a good opportunity to show character differences. Thunder, 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 cats. Yeah, you're pretty into that uh, that theme, huh? Uh, like it, that and the action just get me pumped for those three minutes where the show is good. You know what's not good in animation? Special effects. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Building fall down. There's. Uh, there, there's pretty bad special effects, especially when the th- sort of omens is involved, like that the the eye sigil coming out and you know putting a bat logo on the sky. That's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, like like if they were to do a live action thing, it would just be like somebody cut out the background a little bit and put like a Snapple cap on the back, <laughs> like glued it on. Yeah, whenever the sort of omens is involved, it, it's a pretty bad time for special effects. Yeah. But uh. For magic shit, like uh, the Eye of Thundera, it's good. And any time Mumra is like doing some magic stuff, there's like a lot of good lighting effects and like particle stuff going on. Um, the colors are really bold when they need to be, and I found that to be that 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 was enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so not not like in the characters because those were more muted. Like the mutants, especially, were I'm, sort of bland greens and blues. Very much, but uh, I think that actually helped the uh, more you know the the more magic elements kind of pop you know mm-hmm. it may like when the thing, weapons come out when the weapons come out like there's you know really sharp cracking sounds accompanying whips and things like that um so nunchucks that's what i was thinking of oh uh, yeah 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 panthro's got those sweet like like claw nunchucks which by the way you agree with me right oh he, super great he no he's absolutely the black lion <laughs> He actually is like the voice actor's black. <laughs> he's just trying. Yeah, he's just trying to do. Then voice actor. What did I see him on? I I wrote this down. Hang on a minute. Yeah, <laughs> Earl Hyman. He was on the Cosby Show. Wait, really? Yeah. As what? Um, one of the family members. Uh, parent. Not the family member. Maybe like one of the kids' friends' parents or the daughter's like boyfriend's parents or something. The, the eldest Huxtable. Yeah, yeah, the grandfather Huxtable, <laughs> Lord of the Huxtables. <laughs> Camille, Granny Pudding Bomb, Pudding, Pudding Bomb, Pudding Beyond Pudding. That that would have changed the show if if Cosby was a Thundercat. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, shall we go into music and sound? Yeah. So as with all 80s shows, it might have been remembered so fondly solely for how good the theme music is. Do you think it held up? Like, it's really good, I agree, but it's been done to death by now. The The actual theme song? Yeah. I watched it every time, Zane. It's pretty good. It's amazing. I'm not even, like, I think this is fantastic. It, I mean, and it tells you what to expect in it's, terms of plot and action. I mean, like, you know, He-Man and Thundercats both vying for supremacy on these various rubrics that we're grading them on. It's a dead heat. Like this, oh, this is way better than He-Man's intro. I, I think you are underestimating how much I love the theme, the Attorney theme. You like the Attorney theme, but do you like He-Man, like Prince Adam? Do you not ex- love that? <laughs> explaining the like easiest to grasp plot line. It's just him looking slightly away from the camera that does it for me, Zane. Um, the only issue I have with the Thundercats intro is that it's more engaging than the show itself. Yeah, that doesn't like, really sound like... Like, it gets me like... hyped up, and then it takes forever for them to, like, reach that zenith again. Yeah, it's just... It frustrates me that shows of... Do you think it's, like, a planned obsolescence thing? Like, shows nowadays know better than to make good theme songs, because it's gonna set too high of a bar? Shows get remembered, but intros never die. Follow your heart, Johnny. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did who, you say? Who, who here understands that we made a question? Sandlot reference? <laughs> Pretty loopy. Anyone but us? No? Um, and I, I don't know. Like, like That I, seems like more of a chastisement of the show than the actual intro. Like The intro is as good as it should be. Right. And the music, when it lives up to it, is also good. Like Sometimes they have disco for battle. Man, unfortunately, that's where... Like, okay, so there is disco battle themes whenever Pan throws around, obviously. But... <laughs> Well, they also have these driving rock riffs, really, when when they go away from the orchestra music, it's really good. I thought that, for the most part, there wasn't ambient music, and that it made everything feel pretty limp. The, the disco fight thing, that's pretty good. The classical, you know, whatever, but both of those were just not... It, it just wasn't if, there enough at the time. If they had more music, and cut out the dialogue, and made the show double speed, I would love it. Yeah, this could this could probably fit into like maybe a fifteen minute program rather than a twenty two. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I think that might be the right length for like I think eleven minutes is pushing it. Like because at its core, Thundercats does have a they story, have a growth. Yeah. and they do have development, and I don't want to give that up. But they were clearly filling some time. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I I think that the ambient music is just not that impressive. I I would kind of love a um. Like a 15-minute and then a 7-minute thing. So, like, you have your main plot where all the Thundercats are involved, and then you have, like, a short spotlight on one of them. Oh, yeah, like Wily Kit and Wily Crap. Like, Wily Cat. Wily like, Crap. Like, like, Wily Craft. <laughs> they hollow him out because they need a second Thunder Tank. <laughs> they hollow him out? <laughs> Why would that be a good plan? No, he would clearly be a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, like Mechazawa. Oh, and Wily Kit has to ride him to get there. He, like... I have to do it, sis. I'm going to turn into a motorcycle so that you could get there in time. <laughs> thunder, thunder. All right, so perhaps not that, but like a seven-minute thing that's just focused perhaps, on like... Perhaps not that. Perhaps not that. But like a seven-minute thing that's like focused on like the lesser characters or like, okay, 
every plot is focused on Lionel pretty heavily, right? Yeah. So maybe we develop the side characters a little bit more in the seven minute like extra. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I'd be down. Would you actually want to see a snar- like a very snarf day or whatever? Oh, like he's getting shit on by all the other ones and he goes have an adventure and they don't realize it? Yeah. Um, I think it could be handled well. Again, as long as they don't have a ton of dialogue, the dialogue kills it for me. Like if they just had like Wiley Kit, Wiley Cat, and Snarf being like a uh, like a Suicide Squad type, like underneath the actual heroes. Oh, like yeah, like no, these I'd... are the ones that everyone focuses on. This is Marvel. We're the other guys. <laughs> I don't know. Marvel maybe, Comics. Maybe that's ridiculous. <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> Uh, what about the sound effects? Didn't pay too much attention to them. To be honest, I think that the music is generally pretty bad, except for the for the intro theme, and uh, the, the sound effects are not that much better, except during Mumra scenes, because there's a of, like a lot of whip whip cracks and lightning. There's whip cracks. There's lightning. There's like a lot of echo and hissing noises that are just real nice and creepy. Yeah, it'd be it'd be better if like they, those would be more useful if Mumra was a better villain, but of course he's not. No. <laughs> oh, but the sight beyond sight, like little ditty, like you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. That little sight beyond sight music is great. <laughs> like that is so good. How do you feel about his catchphrases? Of uh, grant me sight beyond sight. Um. What are the other ones? Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats, Ho. There's an extra thunder in there, and that I don't think is very good. Oh, you're right. It, yeah, it's defying the rule of three, certainly. Thunder. I don't like the Thundercats like mantra thing, but I do really dig Sword of Omens Grant Me Sight Beyond Sight. That's not bad. Like, the Sight Beyond Sight thing sounds so poetic. It's romantic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, that's like, thing. I need Some... to go beyond my limitations. The language in this is interesting because sometimes it's that flowery sort of medieval, you know, what manner of creature is this? (laughs) Um, But they also use like really complicated words like reconnoiter, dematerialize. I did notice reconnoiter, yeah. It's it's weird. Like, who were they writing this for? This is just, you know, uh, this is like the early days of animating for kids where they just didn't realize the, the... the the things that you had to take account for in order to talk to a younger audience. It's um it's a medieval sensibility in a futuristic setting. Yes, that is a good way to put. It. Like I mean, there's another piece of evidence for that. Like they reference dying and killing. Like they're that they didn't have that kind of like brick wall of you can't you're not allowed to say die to kids. Mm-hmm. Like this was just before the standards and practices had got to the point where they knew what was supposed to be done. Yeah, we're like we can see violence, we can see people die, but you can't say the word. Yeah, and you can kill as many people as you want, but you can't show boobies. And they can't be people; they can be like <laughs> robots or mutants. The boobies can't be people. Uh, boobie- <laughs> ben, boobies are people. Hello. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, it's just a couple of Billy Crystals doing eyebrow waggings when she opens up her shirt. <laughs> Hello. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would love uh, uh, <laughs> Billy Crystal, Bill Cosby, all the Bills as Thundercats. <laughs> Lord of the Bills, Bill Clinton. Yeah, just get the whole. <laughs> oh, Lionel. 
Like, sort of omens, grant me sight beyond sight. <laughs> I'm getting too old, Lido. <laughs> You're gonna have to take over for me now. <laughs> these, these, we're both pretty, we're both pretty loopy today. These are the dumbest jokes we've had for a while. Yeah. What What else you got? Um. So the dialogue you already touched on is pretty weak. I was especially struck by how stilted the speech was. A line starts with an upward-inflecting declarative statement, stays at that level, then inflects downward toward the end. And it's just all like that. It's very cookie-cutter dialogue. Clear enunciations, no slurs, it's too clean, and it got more and more annoying. I don't know why they think that speaking louder makes it more dramatic. That is actually, like, something that I didn't expect. I actually kind of liked when Snarf was talking because he was the only one who didn't do that. Like, even <laughs> Wily Kit and Wily Cat, although they had, like, a different way of talking, like, if they had a different, like, voice and inflection, it was still that sentence structure. Yeah, like, I mentioned this when we were brainstorming uh, intros, but, like, <laughs> they talk like they're in, a, like, an elementary school play. Yeah, they really do. I sure hope that Lionel can get out of this one. From hell's heart, I stab at thee, wily kit. To be or not to be. To be that or not, Toby. Quest, that is the quest, <laughs> question. That is the quest for the crystal eye. <laughs> Uh, I, it is weak, Zane. It is weak, but it is no more weak than any other '80s cartoon. Let's like let's grade this granted, appropriately. Granted. Yeah, it, it's on nothing curve, to write home about. But like, I think the only reason you're picking up on it is because the rest of the show is kind of better than most '80 cartoons. Like, there's a reason that this propagated. Like, a lot of it is pretty good. It is. Like, I the, think the that... animation, especially for action sequences, is great, and I actually really like the setting. I think that is what bothered me, is that they clearly knew how to make this a good show, and they didn't bother, you know, separating the chaff afterward. Like, I think that just the antagonists in the setting needed a lot more, like... There were so many of them. Okay, yeah, like, they didn't really... They really took a shotgun approach to it. Like, I feel like they could have done mutant warlord after mutant warlord and have Mumra be kind of like this separate entity with his own troops and have like a beast man Skeletor-esque like, I, team up. I kind of like the variety of the villains and I didn't think they needed that much characterization if... Well, it did give us Safari Joe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know if most of them were that good though. Um, you know, it could be hit or miss. I liked it. Mm. Yeah, I, like, I kind of didn't, like, but... I found Mumra the least engaging of the villains that I saw. I don't disagree. He's by, by quite a margin. Yeah, he's pretty not good. Like, if they spent a lot more care for, some for like, a Mumresque villain, then maybe... <laughs> Mumresque! <laughs> maybe we might have gotten there, but they didn't. Uh, I think yeah. I'm pretty much out of content, Zane. You got I'm, I'm mostly tapped. No, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think it is better than the I was willing to give it credit for. Um, but I don't want to watch anymore because I know what there is to expect, and those awesome moments are too far, be- few and far between for me. Yeah, I, I came in kind of skeptical because I had watched He Man, and I was like, "Oh, this is the 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 internet has taught me how much the internet loves He Man. Like, this must have just been the best '80s cartoon." Mm-hmm. And there's an argument there, but like, there's a lot here that He Man doesn't do, and there's a lot here that you know. 
King Arthur and the Knights of Justice or a couple other 80s cartoons doesn't do. Like, it is, like, an important gradation on that whole limited animation on the way to actual really good cartoons once the once the 90s hit. Yeah. I mean, and this is a show that I would gladly watch with my theoretical children. Um, <laughs> no, you know, like, there are some shows where it's like, oh, you can watch that on your own. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would tune into some Thundercats. Yeah, Thundercats is pretty cool. Like, I mean... And it, I mean, it is obviously a merchandising thing, but it is not as... Uh, for all of the gimmickry that they put in trying to make a bunch of merchandise, they also made something with, like, a lot of... Like, the foundation is pretty strong, I think. And the fact that you would only have to buy six action figures. Oh, my God. What? You would either have to buy six or 60 because of all the, the villains. savings. Yeah. Yeah, well... Like, at least oh with no. He-Man, you only had to buy one G.I. Joe figurine. And that's it's, like, oh, this is everyone He-Man knows. It's the evil Lego man. Trust me, he was in an episode you didn't see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like it's, this more it's than It's the I... evil Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Take him down. <laughs> yes, I stole the eye of Thunder, but I did not inhale it. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's shooting his NAFTA rays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, these Thundercats are the craziest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I feel like Thunder, like Thundercat villain Bill Clinton is pretty strong. Uh, I think that's <laughs> most of what I'm going to get out of this show. Yeah, that's that's what we're going to take away. And Safari Joe is immortal. He does it again. He just does it every single time. It's always great. Um, I, I love how he just kept saying it in yeah. this episode. <laughs> he was like, okay, Thundercats production team, you need a reoccurring villain. Look at here's my chops here's what i've got he says it when he does something but also when he like does nothing creates a, creates a plan to do something yeah he's like or decides to continue doing early. something uh all right zane what are we doing next time next time we are gonna watch daria a show that is not at all about mind-controlled refugees waging war on the innocent double egyptian population <laughs> no not until i get to it um, uh, but but we will see what secrets lie within, and uh, in 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 terms of tone and uh, you know forthrightness of the main characters, I think it's a complete one eighty. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, How about after that? After that, uh, I wanted to do something that I have never heard of before, but has been suggested for me. Uh, this was suggested a while back by uh, Talking Nerdy Podcast when I did a guest segment on them oh on yes their, on their podcast and uh it is called capital critters capital critters yep what uh, what era is this from this is uh the early 90s and was a Hanna barbera production and um it involves a bunch of rodents living underneath the white house oh so it's that kind of capital yes correct okay they're, they're not like wall street <laughs> critters uh, you know what? I've never seen it before. We, we'll, you know, we'll see. Cat capital with an A. Yeah, that is how I typed it into a, into Google, but apparently, <laughs> not so much. Cap well, I guess we're all gonna look forward to that. We'll stop and say hello to Capital Critters. <laughs> anyway, do you like Simpsons reference references, Zane? 
Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> Wait, wasn't Bill Clinton on on The Simpsons at one point? I was on that show. <laughs> That's, your Bill Clinton is real bad. <laughs> I, know, I don't know how to do it. Oh. <laughs> you just got to start with the oh. <laughs> it's like, like he's just got up for a four-day bender. Yeah, no, like his back clearly hurts from that sound effect. Bob Dole's an easier voice. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Uh, all right. Well, um, that is it for us. If you want to suggest a show or comment on any of the shows that are coming up, go ahead to our Facebook page or go to cartoncast.com and leave a comment or suggest a show. And if you yeah. would, if you like the show and want to support us, go to ratings or review on iTunes and uh, give them a thumbs up for us. And yes, more than anything that else, would, go ahead and would... tell your friends about the show. Yeah, that would give us sight beyond sight. <laughs> yeah, it would give us exposure beyond exposure. <laughs> Which yeah. is now what I'm going to say every time I go to take a shower. <laughs> uh, by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> no, saying Lionel, come on. We've been Wait, what are we what are we talking about? Well, kids, there it is. Capital City. There's a swinging town I know called Capital City. People stop and scream hello in Capital City. It's the kind of place that makes a bum feel like a king. And it makes a king feel like some nutty cuckoo. Super King. Look, it's Tony Bennett. Hey, good to see you. It's against the law to frown in Capital City.